You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the word to life. It is time for our Biblical Worldview Question of the Week with Nancy Fitzgerald of Anchors Away Worldview Ministries. Good morning to you, Nancy. Good morning to you, Steve. Well, I am excited that we get to chat today because, you know, the other day you and I had a conversation. We yes. were touching on uh, the the makeup of our uh, House of Representatives, and in this year, it was about eighty-eight percent who are identifying as Christian. And we were using jumping off of this mm-hmm. Barna study, and in kind of lumped into the Christian, you know, uh, category had all these subcategories, and very, very close to them are denominations that kind of crossover that are not Christian denominations, but are often blended in in the public culture, mm-hmm. and they're really leaning toward cult, and they are. So we're talking about counterfeit Christian religions today. So what exactly is a counterfeit Christian religion? Yeah, uh, and, and Steve, we've talked so many times about this. <clears throat> We're going to be talking about counterfeit uh, religions for sure and the damage they have done to unsuspecting uh, people. But we're not condemning people here for making choices to get sucked into some of these insidious you know, groups of people who try to take over your mind and your wallet and everything else. But yeah, counterfeit Christian religion is a religious group that claims to be Christian but is not. Um, <clears throat> there, there are 5,000 of these counterfeit groups of people in the U.S. Uh, meeting the definition of a cult, uh, but yet identifying them as Christians. And this, this is the thing. The primary markings of a cult are a strong leader who has followers that must obey he or she. It requires the study of, of the books other than the Bible and that their writings supersede the Bible. Um, uh, They call their church the only true church. They impose massive control over people. And if someone leaves, the members must uh, shun them, you know. And, And this is the thing. These leaders are so strong, so pervasive among their people. And they claim that God uniquely calls them with unique insights that no other leader has been given. So there again, they, they are set themselves to be up, you know, above other people, that they are the leaders and they are the ones that, that are bearing the truth. And, you know, it, it, they, it makes it so hard for people that are skeptics and seeking truth to be able to weave their way through all this. But needless to say, we should be very cautious in joining any religious group that claims to be Christian because they claim to be Christian does not mean they are. And uh, another point, Steve, that you brought up the other day when we were on the air that is so important that not all of the characteristics of a cult are necessary to be a cult. If any one of them is believed to be practiced by a religious group, it should serve as a strong warning to stay away. That's how insidious these groups are. Um, you don't have to, to 
to believe or hear everything, but when you hear somebody say that Jesus is not God and he did not die and rise again, and the Bible is just fulfilled with stories, you better be be very, very leery. We see this in Matthew seven twenty one. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven, Matthew seven twenty one, And then in Matthew seven fifteen. watch out for false prophets. There it is. They come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly, they are ferocious, ferocious wolves. And I think, again, when people say and they ask, regularly I hear this, what, what do cults believe? What is the main belief in cults that I should be looking for? And again, repeating again, Jesus is not God in that salvation is not by faith alone, but rather by works. That's, that's their number one issue is that Jesus is not God. And many of these leaders from counterfeit churches call themselves God. So um, it's a mess in there. There should be absolutely no security of salvation for any cult member regarding Jesus's death and resurrection. Either it didn't happen, or if it did, it was uh, insufficient to pay for our sins. Again, uh, just putting Jesus down, not as a savior, not as God, maybe a teacher, uh, but not a good teacher if, if he's not God, because then that means he's been lying to us. But uh, we see here in First John three fifteen sixteen that whosoever believes in him might have eternal life, meaning may have. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know, and then we see in Ephesians two, uh, uh, Ephesians two eight and nine, for by grace you've been saved through faith and not of yourselves. This is a gift of God. And so here we see this idea of works. You have to earn your salvation and that Jesus is, is not God. And boy, I'll tell you what, those two things alone have caused many, many, many people, thousands of people to stumble. Yeah. Oh, Nancy, this is fascinating. And, you know, it reminds me so much of what we see the fall of you know, Satan as an angel and his pride, you know, when they want yep. to, that's just, wow, the enemy's all over this, isn't he? And I had no idea there were over 5,000. That's incredible. But if folks aren't educated about what denominations or groups that are inclusive in Christianity, how do we know what to be watchful of? Yeah, and, and this, is, this is the thing, and, and I know... Uh, there are many, 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 many cults, and many of them are, are small. But the, the big one, I mean, the ones that are pretty much household words, you know, are Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons. And both of these groups claim to be Christian, but yet both deny the deity of Christ and salvation by faith alone. And the Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons believe Many things that are in agreement or with or similar to what the Bible teaches. And, and this is what makes it so hard. This is what makes Christian cults, and I say in quotes Christian cults because they're not Christian, uh, but they identify as Christian. They sound religious enough to deceive people into thinking that their way is the only way. And many religions, uh, many uh, religious Christians who wants to not wants to acknowledge Jesus as their savior, 
but do not clearly understand the gospel are sitting ducks for these insidious cults. And they, because they claim to have the only truth, and that Bible-believing Christians lack knowledge, and this is one of the ways they suck people in who identify as Christians, who go to church on Sunday, but yet they are not well-grounded, and those are the people that get shaky in their faith and end up walking away. You know, Second Peter 2, 1, but false Christians also arose among the people, just as there will also be false teachers among you who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing Swiss destruction upon themselves. That's 2 Peter 2. So it's, it's just, it's ridiculous how insidious these leaders are. We see 2 Corinthians 11, 14, 15, for for no wonder, for even Satan disguises as an angel of life. Therefore, it's not surprising if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, whose end will be according to their deeds. What what God is saying here in the scriptures is that, you know, uh, this is what you've done here is absolutely awful. And also that you will be held accountable before God, the one true God, for the many people that you have led down the wrong path here. We see 1 John 4, 1. Beloved, don't believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Um, I, I just, scripture continues to go, John fourteen six. Anyone who denies that Jesus Christ is God is not a faithful Christian, Jesus said. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus did not say, I am a way. You know, we don't read Christ proclaiming, I am one of the many ways. And and the answer is yes, there is uh, exclusivity in Jesus' claim, but Christ invites all to believe, and this is the thing. People try to uh, say, oh, I don't believe, I don't believe Jesus Jesus is just exclusive. He just chooses a few people, and that is clearly not what, what Scripture is saying here. The claim is to go, this, this invitation to come and believe is for all people, yeah, even those who are in false religions, to come and hear the truth is, is what Jesus is saying here. Um, but we look at the Jehovah's Witness Bible, in this, and it is absolutely unbelievable. When I first read this, it was like, there it is, it's, it's right there. Jesus is claimed to be the one true God in the Bible translation. John 1 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. And if we read the Jehovah's Witness uh, a Bible in John 1, it's, it says this In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the word was a God. There you go. It's just unbelievable right there. Uh, There's no better proof of of where the Jehovah's Witnesses uh, Bible is going here. It diminishes Jesus Christ uh, that he is simply a God. And by the way, that's a small g. Yeah, and, and, you know, Nancy, that is so troubling because there's intentionality behind that, right? The blurring of the lines that ultimately 
mislead people. The, the most important thing we can do is educate ourselves so that we can be aware of the signs and the tactics that are used against us. But clearly, this is one of those things. And for on the surface, you would say, well, okay, you know, that sounds good. They've got, you know, was, and then some might say, well, it's, oh, they're just adding the A. Wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> That is intentionally blurring the lines to mislead people, right? Oh, it's just insidious, especially with unsuspecting people, which make up 90% of the cults. They're lonely. They're looking for companionship. They're looking for for truth. And there are people there, you know, really wicked people there that are, are just destroying their minds and their lives. Uh, through these cults so all the more reason uh, to teach the truth to to our kids because they are getting sucked into these things uh, yeah it's 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 frightening how many young people are we're losing uh, because of these these cults but the Mormon doctrine and, and and again we're talking about a false religion here not people the Mormon doctrine sounds Christians but it is simply a lie and they will say, Jesus Christ is God. And that's that's the thing. The Mormon says, Jesus Christ is God. But then, when pressed, we'll find out that that, that, that meaning is Jesus Christ is a God, one of possibly billions of gods. And the Mormons are also forbidden, forbidden to worship or pray to Jesus. And so, uh, again... We're not saying that Mormon people are bad. We're saying they've been horribly misled into believing a lie. And some of those leaders, Muhammad, Confucius, Dalai Lama, you know, the, uh, Joseph Smith, uh, Charles T. Uh, uh, Russell, uh, legions of voices vying for the world's attention do not speak with the authority of Jesus Christ. And, you know, each of these leaders of cults have proclaimed another way to God, but the roads paved by their teaching lead not to God, but to God's eternal judgment. And this is what, this is what is so terrifying. And we talk about that kind of thing, and we we have to listen to the scripture, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. Those who enter it are many, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. This is terrifying because the sweetness of a lie that so many uh, uh, people through these false religions uh, wow, are misleading people. <clears throat> and the time will come where we all stand before God and give an accounting, and uh, that's going to be a horrible, horrible day for millions of people to realize they weren't following God, they were following a false idol. So I think, Steve, um, we were mentioning this uh, not too long ago, C.S. Lewis's take on this for mere Christianity. I love it. C.S. Lewis says, as, as a writer, a Christian thinker, <clears throat> I am trying here to prevent anyone from saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him, meaning Jesus. I am ready to accept the gospel, accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. 
That is one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things that Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He'd either be a lunatic on the level of a man who says he's a poached egg, or else he'd be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit on him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. And you know, again, wrapping this up, Jesus came to save the world through his death and resurrection. And apart from him, there is no salvation, only judgment. And this judgment is eternal judgment, separation from God, leading to death. In the Christian worldview, and as we study in our in our ministry, but as wonderful Christian ministries and churches are, are teaching all over the world, that Jesus came to save the world through his death and resurrection, not through works. And there is no salvation without Jesus, none. He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the old and begotten Son of God. This is the judgment, reading from John 3, 18, 19. This is the judgment that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light for their deeds were evil. There it is. And it's all over the scripture. There's hope there's salvation in one and only one person, and that's Jesus. Yeah. You know, Nancy, this is not only outside of the Christian religion that we see this pervasive message come in. I'm reminded that just about two weeks ago, Dr. Rydelnik uh, on OpenLine had set up a segment speaking about the passion translation of the Bible because you bring up a good point here in the where you said in the in the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses Bible where it shows it says in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was a God right all mm-hmm. it takes is one tiny yes. tra- change and so. This uh, this new passion translation, which is becoming very popular uh, among younger uh, audiences, mm-hmm. speaks about this, and people, you know, have been taking to this translation, and it's not even truly a translation of the Bible; it's actually a paraphrase. And in mm-hmm. addition to that, there's only there's not a team of scholars behind it. Um, there, a lead translator was. A gentleman by the name, uh, and and he's a known pastor. Uh, it, and I'm not going to go ahead and bring bring that into it. But the fact is, it's not a disparagement of Brian Simmons the person. It's the problem with the translation. But yep. what we see in this is that you know they weren't proper manuscripts that were used to uh, to interpret the the text. There are as Rydelnik says, lexical errors when it comes to the Hebrew. But this is the most important <coughs> thing, that the reason and the justification behind this translation of the Bible says that Brian Simmons claims that the Lord came to him in a vision, 
yep. touched his forehead, actually enlarged his brain so that he could understand the Bible as no one oh, has yeah. ever done before. Yeah. And when he was struggling with the Hebrew translations, because he's, he's not a Hebrew uh, specialist, he says that an angel visited him and guided those translations. And so this in all things, when we see that type of thing happening within the body of Christ under Christianity, so now we're talking in the true house of Christianity and an yeah. interpretation of the Bible that is not true, that is not correct, that is given to one person's interpretation, we are seeing that insidiousness inside of Christianity. And that's where it becomes so pervasive. And those blurring of the lines, right? We can right. move from just saying, hey, it's the Passion Translation versus, well, it's the ESV or it's the HS, uh, you know, the HCB. That stuff becomes very, very um, accepted by people without truly knowing what it is that we're accepting. And that is the right. most dangerous place for us to be. Right. Because there are so many people who will stand in judgment, and you will hear those words, depart yeah. from me, I never exactly. knew you. Exactly. And no, that's for real. And and go read Matthew 7 if, if you don't believe it. But yeah. I, I, I think the thing that's so important is that we raise up people to know the truth so that they know that the minute they're asked to come to a group, they can ask a few questions to expose them. Uh, what is your book of study? Well, we we use a lot of books. No, no. If it's anything other than the Bible, you know, a proper translation, you know, uh, of of the Bible is acceptable. But is Jesus God? Yeah. Do you say He's God? And the Christian religion is the only one. The cult will never say Jesus is God. Uh, they will never admit that. But the idea, too, that, that salvation comes through grace and grace alone, not by jumping hopes. And there's, there's that blurred line again, Steve, that you're talking about, that good works come as a result of, of trusting in Jesus of true faith, not the other way around. Yeah. But, but again, you see this blurred line of Satan so craftily just twisting the truth just a little, you know, that that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was a God. Just one little word. That is the work of Satan, uh, the devil himself. So we need to really in love talk to people. And you, you said a few weeks ago, uh, uh, Steve, if you are sitting in a pew in your church and something doesn't sound right, it probably is, you know, check on that. Make sure that they're not diverting to another source of truth and that that clearly that Jesus is God and it's by grace you have been saved. Yeah. Uh, so important, just the foundations of a faith, a little twist can ruin lives and send them to judgment. Oh, yes. Awful. Nancy, the blurring Awful. of lines that you've talked about really reminds me of Satan when he slithered up to Eve and said, did God really say... <laughs> yes. And since then, haven't we believed those lies and we constantly think, did God really say? Yeah. We believe so many lies. And I have 10 grandchildren. I'm just sitting here thinking, because I'm always trying to just like slather Jesus all over them. And 
But they're, in their lives, you know, I used to be extremely concerned about the things of the world that they see that it's very blurred. It's what was what was used to right. be dark is now light and, you know, the opposite. And, right. and, and I was just really losing sleep over this. And then I, I realized yeah. that actually light and dark are so blatant now. So perhaps exactly. I shouldn't worry so much, but say, see, here is an example. Yeah. Dear child, of you know how the enemy wants to blur the lines and feed us a lie and whisper to us, God didn't really say that. But boy, more than ever, I feel uh, we need to be teaching ourselves the Word, (laughs) yeah, or the Holy Spirit teach us, and just you know the generations younger because there's this, there's all there's been so much pulling away or deconstructing or whatever. Yeah, totally. And you know, too, that wives of Satan in the garden to Eve, did God really say, introducing uh, a doubt and diminishing God and having us question him, but also his promise was that you can be his God. Every single cult promises you can be your own God in the end. And so there's the why that was in the garden. Boom. There it is in all the counterfeit religions. To yeah. reject Jesus as God, that you can be your own God, you can do your own thing, and it is insidious. It is absolutely insidious. This is the world that we operate and live in. And we need to be it on sure guard, is. and that's why it's so important. I want to encourage you right now, if you're listening, to go to anchorsaway.org. You're going to look and find all the information about their present courses as well as future, as well as online training. This is about worldview and leadership in the world today. Mm -hmm. And it is vitally important that people who are in positions of leadership hold a Christian worldview. This is the foundation of the world. God spoke it into being, and he created you, every single one of us, an image bearer of God. And so... This is the sort of the, the rules and parameters for us, and we have to have right. the right playbook, and that is the Christian worldview. So go to anchorsaway.org is where you're going to find the information. That you can find everything about the Worldview Boot Camp. You can find Bible study information there. You can go back to prior questions of the week as well. And, of course, there is a contact button there, and if you have something uh, that you'd like to get uh, in touch with Nancy about, you just fill out that form and reach out to her right there at anchorsaway.org. You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the Word to Life. <laughs> 